Welcome to Lamestream here on 440 Sports. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Tell all of your friends. I'm your host, Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. I'm Steve Cavendish. You can find me on Twitter at Scavendish. We got a great show planned for you guys today. We will be joined. Our main guests, of course, will be Austin Stanley and Zach Bingham from A to Z Sports. We probably have more than one episode of the digital revolution in the sports media landscape, Steve, in Nashville. But these guys launching A to Z Sports a few years ago, obviously video, a huge component of what they do in a digital world, have figured out ways to maximize that and, and really looking forward to that conversation with them. One of the things that they have done is they have gone to meet a new audience where it sits. So if you're on Facebook, they're there for you. If you're on Periscope, they're there for you. If you're on YouTube or they're on Twitch now doing video game stuff as well. There's a, there's a certain kind of fan that they attract and they will go literally anywhere to meet them. And I think that's, that's why they found success here, grinding it out here over a few years into into a pretty successful show and that that really sort of meets their strengths. The, the, you'll hear them talk about the fact that they're they're, they're pretty dramatic uh, in their in their presentation. And and there are a couple of there are a couple of huge fans first and foremost. And what comes through is that is their enthusiasm for you know first and foremost Titans. I, I think the the shows are mostly centered around Titans, but they follow the Preds. They follow everything Nash, a Nashville sports fan wants to get into. What, they've, what they have found is uh, a fan who wants to engage with them. And so that, so that engagement comes you know, a lot of times through Facebook. And they're, on their show, if you watch it, you're going to see a lot of back and forth with them in the comment fields. And it creates this kind of interesting sort of interactive experience that you really don't find elsewhere in the market. I, I find the... The, the, the things that are interesting to me about what they're doing and then the forces that are happening outside of the media, which is a younger generation of millennial people growing older into more stable jobs with more buying power and families and, and their, their patterns are changing of life, right? If you're 24, 10 years ago, you're very different today than you were then. And that, that's a force at play. Technology has changed so swiftly and so dramatically in the last 10 years as well. And I think what they're betting on and what their what their their model is is geared towards is sort of being where all those people are gonna be after all of these changes happen, right? After we adapt to all the technologies and incorporate all these things, not everything is gonna land, right? Like Twitch is not gonna land with a lot of people. It does with video gamers, right? Just like Periscope will land with some people, TikTok will land with some people. They are sort of playing this game of we know this audience is going to evolve. And we want to have attracted those people and through methods that your father probably didn't use or your mother probably didn't use. And so it's a technology play, but also like a growth and evolution play as well. Yeah, I mean, they, they took a set of skills out of radio uh, and they have, they have gone to essentially your phone. Their bet is we can find you if you have a phone. And, you know, for that market, that's a pretty good bet. <laughs> yes, as uh, an owner of an audio company, <laughs> a digital podcast audio company, I would attest to that, uh, and I would agree with that as well. So I, I do think that there's so many things to learn from them. They work incredibly hard. They study this stuff, the media, just as much as you and I do, Steve. Uh, they are passionate and dramatic people in general, which I think helps them in the video medium as well, and and, and love their teams and, and are passionate. They clearly are passionate about Nashville. I think that's another thing that we at 440 Sports have in common with them is that, that, that we are 
all of us, I think, are, and you included, are very much passionate, dedicated, and committed to, to Nashville, a place. Um, it is home for all of us. All right, so before we hear from them, Steve, what is it that you think people need to learn about A to Z sports model and, and how it affects the way you maybe listen or read or consume content as a sports fan? Is there anything in particular? What's funny is to step as far forward as they have into as many different platforms as they had uh, have, they're very much radio guys. And, and it comes across in sort of the way that, that you get served up advertising throughout it. I mean, they're... And and they're they're, they're going to be very frank about this. You know, they built a they built a thing, a a platform, a set of uh, a, a set of shows to reach an audience that they can turn around and sell to advertisers. You know, that, that's that's what a, that's what a lot of media is. It is it is something that is that can be packaged and sold. You know, and they do it really well. But <laughs> they're relentless about uh, their sponsorships. And I, 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 for one, I wasn't used to it spending, uh, but spending a lot of time, <laughs> spending a lot of time prepping here, watching a bunch of shows. I mean, besides, you, are, you are inundated. Well, besides no just sort of the peripatetic kind of, uh, kind of video screen, you know, where you're just being assaulted with images, you know, in the <laughs> middle of it, they're like holding up placards for, you know, a real estate agent or something yeah. else. Uh, and I, at some point you have to admire just the sheer commitment to the cause there. Yes. That, like I said, and the work ethic has never been a problem for these boys. There's no question about, not at all. about that, which I admire in a big way. Uh, and something they're not going to tell you, but I've spoken to them both about in before this interview is that they, they are very passionate about making sure their content is free for their users so that they can build that community. They do absolutely have to, to pay bills and want to go sell that advert, that, that community to advertisers. But at the same time, they're very passionate about keeping it, free and available for anyone who wants it uh, at any time that anybody wants it. Yeah. And, and it's, and as you have, as you as a consumer have more and more choices out there to make a, a lot of times you're going to have to make that you're, you're going to have to make that decision. Do I want to consume something that's free, but the advertisers are what's paying the freight for that, that particular vehicle, or, you know, do I want a premium product that I'm going to pay for and therefore I get an ad free. Am I going to subscribe to the athletic? Am I going to subscribe to the New York times? Am I going to subscribe to, you know, a specific Patreon podcast because I, because I don't want to be, I don't want to hear five ad reads here throughout the, throughout the podcast. Disney plus. Am I going to pay Disney plus? Am I going to pay for Disney plus? Uh, All right. So without further ado, again, we'll have ratings and recs like we always do at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. We'll tell you about the top five most watched sports shows in Nashville and a couple of recommendations as well. Uh, But without further ado, our guests, Austin Stanley, Zach Bingham from A to Z sports. All right, fellas, good to have you guys. Austin and Zach from A to Z Sports, of course, the website, A2ZSports.com. Fellas, before we dive into all the complicated stuff that makes your business successful and, and the model successful, give everybody a little bit of the, of the background as to how you guys ended up with A to Z Sports and maybe where the driving force was as far as launching and, and when you guys first got started. Well, I, I guess I'll go first. Um, it started back in, I want to say, like 2013 when Zach approached me about doing a, a podcast and starting a podcast at the radio station we were working at. At that time, I was still an intern um, and we had heard each other on air uh, doing high school football on Friday nights where we would each go to a, a game and do call and reports 
Um, so uh, Zach heard me, thought I'd be pretty solid on air. Um, he was already kind of doing a few things, podcast type things at the radio station. Uh, so we kind of joined up there, thought about making a show, a once a week show. Yeah, we built that up to a Saturday morning radio show. Uh, then we got the opportunity at young ages to do full-time midday shows, Monday through Friday, did that for a year. Then we, then we did morning drive for a year. Uh, and then uh, we built our company, A to Z Sports Nashville, uh, in the late summer of 2016, um, where we went all digital. And that's just because we wanted to be on people's phones and not necessarily in their car. Uh, so that uh, we got the website from there, A to Z Sports Nashville.com all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, um, and now with Twitch as we get deeper into to more new social media platforms. Uh, so that's kind of how we got started. So we've been working together and, and arguing with each other on camera or on microphone for uh, not quite seven full years. Yeah, well, and, and really how uh, it's crazy how life comes at you because the real reason why our mi- digital marketing our digital media company started was because we got fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how usually things work, right? I, I look at the radio industry and television industry and media industry, very, very much like coaching, right? Like you get into this and you're going to get canned along the way, like somewhere, someplace, or you're going to move markets or mm-hmm. something. And ours came after a firing and we, we sat there and looked at each other and said, Hey, do we want to continue to do this? We've got something special. and Luckily, honestly, for us is Facebook live stream had already started. It like just gotten underway maybe six or eight months prior to that. And we took advantage. And, you know, looking back at the the first ones that we did, they're really, really bad. Like, <laughs> extremely and, bad. And Facebook memories uh, pop up and they remind us of how bad they were as you go check those out every once in a while. Yeah. And we, we look young and, and, but that's, that's a part of our journey, you know? And so uh, the day that that happened, you never think of what can things become, but uh, that's kind of, you know, a, a speed hump that took us to a, a better road in our journey. So the, the Facebook thing is really fascinating to me because that's a different muscle than just being on morning radio. I mean, it's a little more interactive. There's a video component to it. How did, how did you guys just decide to just embrace that full on? Well, at first, um, we first used that as a means to try to stay relevant right after we got let go. And we thought, okay, we went down to SEC Media Days um, in Birmingham. And so we did some report stuff there. Uh, we tried to, we had our own Twitter account. Um, so we got to keep that. We got to keep our Facebook page, which maybe had like 200 likes at that point. Was this named um, A to Z by this point? Yeah. Yes. We were A to Z sports on radio that started back at that, uh, the podcast back early on, uh, which people don't really get it until it like hits them in the face one day with it's <laughs> Austin and Zach. Like that's kind of where it started. We thought it was really clever kind of. Um, but uh, yeah, so the Facebook live thing, we were trying to stay relevant. We were trying to figure out uh, what our next step was. We had a couple opportunities to go back on radio. One in the market, one was out of state. Um, and we decided that, you know, we're both from Nashville, the Brentwood area. So we're passionate about this city and this market. So we didn't want to move out of state and, and, you know, to in both in our mid to late twenties at that time, we didn't want to make a move like that. So we decided to stick with it. And, 
uh, it's worked out really well. We've, we've really enjoyed the ride that we're on and, and obviously uh, Facebook and Periscope have gotten bigger and better. And now we've got YouTube live mixed into it as well. Um, so um, it, we really like the video aspect of it. It allows uh, our audience watching to have a voice via comments that are very immediate too. So, but, but that's a, that's a different muscle altogether than the morning radio. Somebody's in their car, they're listening, they, they might have it on in the background someplace, you know, at their house or at their office. I mean, somebody has to actively go to Facebook, uh, check you guys out and, and they're watching you. And that's, I mean, that's, that, that's a different type of audience altogether. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, I love it. Uh, I, I think about it. Radio, I struggled with radio because, and you know, you guys have experience in radio. You do say three hours. I hated to talk about at 6 a.m. and then repeat myself at 9.30 or 8.30. I can't repeat myself. I've said what I, I mean what I say and I say what I mean. And like, I, that drove me crazy. So this format actually, uh, I think both of us love it because it sets you up to do your best stuff for an hour or an hour and a half or whatever the time is. And you've got to give the best possible content. And so there's no saving stuff for later. It is what it is. And we wanted to be in your face because, uh, and, and as we've learned about the internet, video is starting to, to trend up. And you know the podcast world altogether is trending up. But if we can look somebody in their eye and actually talk to them, it's really powerful and people, and it's awesome. People will stop us on the streets because they recognize us or in a restaurant or in random places. And that's just because, and it will be sometimes, uh, you know, 50 year old women who we've just creeped into their Facebook feed and they've recognized us. Like I've seen you before. Let's it's maybe like, use a different word than creep. Well, well, well we, we found a way. Yeah. We found a way. Into <laughs> Slid maybe. Same, yeah. Maybe, same. I was good. That's yeah. yeah. Right? What what is it about video in particular? Uh, that like when when was the light bulb for you guys? Because you said you started it sort of to to stay relevant, and I think again, totally unfamiliar with all the things you were going through at that time. Um, what 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 was it about the video element that you guys saw that like when was the light bulb moment about that particular medium where you said, "Man, this is." Because I know you guys have had you guys work really really hard. And you've had some really awesome breakthroughs, you know, the Brady video at camp, of course, from a couple of years yeah. ago. Uh, go back before that. What, where was the light bulb moment where you said, man, this video thing, from an engagement standpoint, advertising standpoint, where, where was that moment for you guys? Austin, I, I have mine. I, I, think- I wonder if it's the same one that yours is. And the crazy thing is, I actually thought about this moment on today's show. I didn't tell you about this, but like, it was weird. I looked at a number and... and so I'm curious to see yeah. what, what is yours, Austin? I, I, we're probably the same. Um, it was a random Thursday in the Titan season where our show uh, got shared to like a Kansas City Chiefs page or something. And then all of a sudden, hundreds of Chiefs fans just started flooding <laughs> the show and just going at it in the comments. And at that point, we had had like maybe at this point, we had had a thousand Facebook likes. Um, and so we were, we were growing a little bit and it was all organic and we haven't learned, we hadn't learned about Facebook at that much at that point. Uh, but we had Titans fans and Chiefs fans arguing with each other in the comment section. Uh, we were having a conversation. It was, it was like a, a big humongous debate 
between two different fan bases. And after that show, we were like, this has, this is something like, this is going to work. Um, and, and that was, I'm guessing that's the same moment that Zach had. In his yeah. Mind. It's the exact moment. And the reason why is today's number on our show is like 256 live. And that was the number that I remembered with the chiefs. And, and the other thing I remembered is I called the Ryan suck up like 50 yard field goal to win it. And all these Chiefs fans are sitting there just like, <laughs> I mean, they're terrorizing us. And that actually yeah. ended up happening, which is crazy. But but that was the moment where if if the right amount of – if you build the right community, then it will work. And that's, that's true on a lot of different platforms. But there is something about uh, a person wherever they're watching the show, like – like watching Austin and I and then commenting and then you interacting back with them and seeing our facial expressions and calling them out. There's just, it's like a, you know, and and that's what we try to do. We try to give them a voice. That is a very important aspect of what we do, but the video side of it, I, I just think that there's something to, to watching two people. And we try to, I always say that we try to have a three-way conversation. The conversation is between Austin and I, it's A and Z. But it's really about a lot of others sitting in, at work or the comfort of their own home or they stream it, wherever they do. It's about that third party feeling a part of the conversation. So what's a, what's a typical show for you guys? You, you, a few hundred people watching live and then more people watching later. And then how is that distributed across different platforms? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I definitely probably uh, this time of year, probably two to 250 to 300 like live in in one particular moment but it's like radio you pop in you pop out you stay for five minutes um you pop out or we have a lot of people that uh, and we'll you know you get facebook notifications i get people uh that comment on the show throughout the whole day right so people get to go back and watch the whole thing on whatever platform they watch it on we also make it a podcast version as well uh so uh, you know it Basically, the, the live shows will double in the amount of views throughout the day, most of the time. Um, and people can get, we call ourselves Nashville's on demand sports talk network uh, because now we have two shows. So we're more than just one show, we're a network. Um, and then <laughs> it's on demand because you can go out there and, and you can watch it whenever you feel like it. It, it starts right back over right after we hit stop. What platform uh, are you most popular on right now? Facebook, uh, Facebook, we're over 54,000 followers on our, um, A to Z sports Nashville page. Um, and that's, it's great because that's where, um, the, that's where the communities really are. And that's where sponsors like to be as well. Um, so Facebook has been our biggest by far. So it, it's not, easy, it's not difficult to sell advertisers on the value of Facebook. I think Zuck has done a good enough job of that. Um, but when you guys went out to talk to, to, to people in the market, businesses in the market, and, and sort of at the beginning, when you laid out your vision and your plan, what was the message to advertisers when you first started selling the product to help them better understand what it was you guys were trying to do? Yeah, I, I think there's, there's somewhat of a, the, the art of a salesman. So I, like, I had sales experience in radio prior to, to, to starting the company, and Austin had been kind of on the programming side of things. And you go up, you, I mean, you hit the streets. I mean, that's the only way that I knew how to do it. And so you knock on doors and you talk to people and you get lucky and you get shut down and you explain. I mean, uh, one example of our, probably I think it was our second advertiser that 
it, it kind of got the ball rolling. And if anybody had been in sales, you know that it's highs and lows. When you make a sale, you go out and make a hundred more sales calls. And because that's usually when you start hitting. And we, I remember going into a car dealership and I got lucky essentially, but I was asking for the G GM or whoever you talk to in, uh, in marketing and they were trying to, con the gatekeeper was like, no, we're not going to, he's not here. He's not here. It just so happens the general manager walked by and he goes, I'm the GM. And I go, give me five minutes. And he gave me five minutes. I go, can we sit down at a computer? He said, okay, sat down. I explained it. And at this point we were very, very young and it was a chance, but I already had uh, a proposal. I was ready for those five minutes. I gave him the elevator pitch and he goes, let me think about it. Come back in tomorrow. I said, uh, okay. I came back in the next day and they did it. They did it for six months and then they re-upped and they were our client for about three years until he eventually sold the dealership and we sold them cars. And the, you know, it's a full cycle because you have to, you know, you're creating this community and you have to, there's got to be trust, but the sales factor is a huge model because you know, we wanted to build this from the ground up without, because we didn't have an audience really. We were kind of starting from scratch and it's hard to build an audience and ask them for money if you don't have it. So you got to go find benefit. And we had had some experience. We had sold at the radio station. They didn't sell for our show. Let's just be honest. They, they were terrible salespeople over there. So <laughs> I had to sell, I sold every sponsorship for our radio show. I did. I had, and I got one and yeah, I had zero family. sales experience. Right. Zilch. And exactly. so we had to, we had to kill our own game and that, but that helped us in the long run when we started this company and you know, you got lucky. We got some breaks. Uh, the Preds went to the Stanley cup and you know, things started to snowball where we, we had the ability to take advantage of it. And that's happened really for the last four years. And, you, you know, it's trial and error. You learn from your mistakes. And going back to the video thing real quick to piggyback off of that is companies know what a radio remote is, right? You come set up a table outside of your sports bar, or your dealership or the gas station, and the show is there for three hours. But it's, there's nothing visual to it outside of maybe a, a promotions assistant taking a picture and tweeting it. We said we can come, we can do a, a live broadcast wherever as long as we have a power outlet or we have battery ability and a little bit of Wi-Fi. And uh, we started pitching on-site broadcasts. So now we can do a show in that dealership um, sales floor and with a car behind us. And that's marketing boom right there behind you for the entire hour plus long show. And then once that show ends, unlike a radio show, the radio show kind of goes away or goes into podcast form, ours just restarts from the beginning and you still get that for as long as it lives on Facebook. And radio stations sell that for like three grand, which is so ridiculous. It's the biggest waste of money, like $3,000 for, <laughs> for a radio pop-up for three hours that goes away that you can't see anybody. I just find that ridiculous. So we sold it to them at a good price and it worked. And, and we continue to do that. And we do that with some of our other uh, mediums as well. Let me dive a little bit more into the money part of it because I think that's pretty fascinating. The the revenue breakdown. How much how much of this is coming from sponsorships that you're out out there selling, and how much of this is coming from platform? Are you are you making any money from from Facebook, YouTube, uh, you know, in, any anything on the digital side, or is this all just being able to trans 
transport a radio model into uh, into kind of a, a a different platform it's all sold sponsorship from us it's yeah. zero from facebook zero from youtube uh, or anybody else it's just all um sales that we've been going out and getting and uh maintaining and uh re-upping contracts and you know all that kind of stuff and, and the reason why i ask is there's a there's a lot of people that are are actually having success on particularly YouTube right now, building audience and building it into this kind of big scaled monetizable thing. Uh, do you think that's something that you can do or is the local dimension of this going to be kind of a, a, a hindrance for that? I mean, you're, you're a very Nashville specific show. Yeah. Well, so I think eventually that can get, that model can work, but YouTube, like those aren't reliable right in a regional uh, digital market they're not reliable because those are built for scale those are built for mainly like influencers right like uh the the logan pauls of the world like the the huge those are the guys that make millions and millions of dollars i think as we scale up and create different regions that that could be but really the benefit of a local advertiser that why it works is because we have uh, we have people that listen to us in Hawaii and Virginia and all over the country, but the main is the main market is Nashville. So aver local advertisers can benefit off of that. Plus if they sell an online product, then uh, somebody in Hawaii can buy that product. So we, we try to hit it at different angles, but really that's, that's the idea is to keep it local because I, and I truly believe this is why we've been successful in selling advertising is relationships right there's no and the world is going away from this because of COVID and other things but there's something to go meet with somebody face to face and say hey how can i help you with our community sell uh, a car or 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 promote your product and it's working together to achieve that goal and creating an idea and that i think is the the unique and special thing that we do with all of our advertisers. And uh, it's just about building that community. And then if we get big enough, which I hope, I mean, the goal is one to, to scale, then the bigger models of Facebook and YouTube and all that other. But if you think about it, that's not advantageous to companies like us because they're going to take that money. It's the whole reason why we stopped radios because they were taking 80% of the sale. And I was like, I just worked my ass off for this sale and you're going to give me 15% or 20%. That's kind of ass backwards. So I, I think that is always in my mind it, when you go out is there's money out there and really it's to benefit the advertiser, the customer, and then our business as well. I want to get to the expansion because obviously you guys have, have announced you're moving into Dallas. And so you're already alluding to sort of that scalability already, but I want to, I have one final question about sort of content and video before we get into that. And that is, you, you guys, the advertisers are very obvious for you guys when you're watching your show, it's very much right in front of you. And there's a lot of stuff going on. H how much do you think the content changes because of the platform, right? Like we, we know you print has certain advantages. Radio has certain advantages. Podcast has advantages. It's an intimate experience, you know, whatever there's, there's strengths and weaknesses to everything. What do you, how would you guys explain the strengths and weaknesses from a content standpoint, the actual things that people are hearing from a video standpoint, what are the, in your, in your opinions? 
So our show, um, 8 a.m. every weekday morning, and then Buck Rising has prime time, which is 8 p.m. Sunday through Thursday night. The, our, the content drives our show. Like the news and of the stories of the day or the topics that we've decided to develop for that day drives the show. And then I think people are used to commercial breaks with radio, which are what, four minutes or so, where we try to have our sponsor reads be quick 30 to 45 second hits. And I think people understand that that's how our business is able to keep running. That's what pays our bills. And that's why we're able to produce the content and grow our content like we can. And so as long as we can make it like Zach was saying, if there's an idea, if you can have a segment in a, in a client be intertwined to where it doesn't seem like a straight up ad, um, then it's, it's more digestible um, for the person watching. And it, it's, it's so short and quick enough and it's personalized because we use the clients that we have on our books, right? Like we, like we use those products. Uh, we use exact drives, uh, the type of car that we produce uh, and endorse. So um, it feels real and it feels less like a, just a regular commercial spot. Yeah. And, and I would say the content, it's a strategy. The strategy is keep your audience locked in yeah. on why they're there. Yeah. Right. Like we're not, we're not sitting here trying to do Addy, podcast like where is that we we want all of our advertisers to have a benefit for our customer right that's number one as austin kind of alluded to but it's a strategy austin and i and, and buck would attest to this because we've taught him a lot of these strategies and uh and all of our other workers that work for us is keep them locked in and engaged because you don't have a lot of time. You're on the internet, right? There's a lot of benefit to being in your phone, but there's also a lot of hard work, right? We're in the scrolling world. So you better be really good if they click on you. And if you are bad, they're going to go somewhere else, right? Because they got tons of apps to go or other things to do. So you have to keep them locked in and engaged. And we work really hard pre-show and strategize to talk about topics to say, what are they interested in? How can we get them involved? And what's going to be a good conversation between Austin and I? Because I think that's the, the real important factor of it is these are Titans fans or Preds fans or NFL fans or college football fans. That's what the show is about. And really, at the end of the day, that's why Austin and I created the company. It's because we love sports. Like, right? I don't like politics. We didn't come in Republican, Democrat. <laughs> I hate talking about COVID ticks, as I call it. Like, I'm tired of that. I want to talk about why Marcus Mariota was so bad in his career or why Tannehill <laughs> is doing so good, right? Like, I, I want to talk about that, Derek Henry's greatness. I want to talk about Mike Vrabel's in game coaching strategy. I want to talk about the moves that John Robinson is going to make in the offseason. So, that I think what, is what drives it. But you got to pay the bills and there's a method. And I think we, we try to do a good job at that. So try to explain to people then, because I think everybody has to be true to themselves in, in the media, but not everybody is. So how do you, knowing that you are in a hyper competitive landscape, when you know, you're going to get a five second shot to, to engage someone and keep them there. How, how do you, like, I find it very difficult to not be more than myself in that, in those moments, right? No, knowing that that's what you have to do. How, how do you, sort of parse that out where you know you've got to catch someone's attention and it's got to be engaging and thoughtful and creative and all these things but also you two are not like you know carnival barkers right so like how, how do you 
how do you drive those two things together? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, but I also think we're, we're both over dramatic at times just in our personalities. <laughs> it, but, and so, but we're also real. Like if we're fired up about something, then we'll be fired up about it. And you can see that whether it's a vein popping out of my neck or whatever, because of the video aspect, you can tell if our hands are flying around that we're, we're passionate about what we're talking about. And we also, we, we kind of, I know what Zach and kind of how Zach thinks and what side of an argument he might fall on. And he knows the same thing about me. And so we try to figure out something that we disagree on so that can have a, a deeper discussion uh, about it. Like if, if we just popped on live and we agreed about three straight topics in a row, then there's like, okay, cool. Yeah, sweet. And then it's like, all right, now what's the discussion? What are we talking about? What are the comments about? Because people are going to agree with me or agree with Zach at some point. And so we want to make sure that we set ourselves up for our audience and us to have the best discussion possible. And yeah, at times we can be a little over dramatic, but that's, that's actually like who we are when we're talking about these things. So if, so if uh, folks haven't spent a lot of time with your show, occasionally you will <laughs> literally raise advertising placards, like up into view. It's like this, floating banner ad that, that comes onto the screen i i was watching a buck show the other day and and all of a sudden he's, he's like holding up a real estate ad kind of there <laughs> in the in the middle in the middle of the screen whose idea was that well it's a sales strategy right, right? so well, you paid attention to it didn't you oh yeah you, you knew I, I, exactly I, I, what I, kind of advertiser it was right i was gonna say i don't want to give uh the, the little miniature billboard is it works i mean right? yeah. literally a billboard it, 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 it cracked me up yeah that's right why. and yeah, that that's so you've kind of answered your own question in the sense of it there's a method to all of this madness whether it's sales trying to sell you a house because he, he holds up that billboard or whether it's us being and i i think about it like this austin and i are very poignant in our pre-show and, and buck is too because we've taught him this way but as Braden, you asked like how, how do you turn it on or when somebody's scrolling to not kind of get uh, overexcited or try to not be who you are. Well, we set ourselves up where we have discussion as Austin said, like, I kind of know how he thinks. He kind of knows how I think. And let's talk about it organically on the show. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you think or how you think or why you think. I got a pretty good idea, but let's set ourselves up. And then another, uh, 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 somebody watching the show We'll chime in, and now the conversation has taken a, another turn, which is awesome because that's the authentic. Uh, that's what makes it so authentic, you know. Uh, we'll, we'll get to Dallas. I, I mentioned that you guys are expanding, and, and congratulations to both you guys on that. Uh, you mentioned Twitch though too, and and Mike, I'm wrapping this all sort of into a what's next in the future of digital media in this sort of digital revolution that's taking place, and you know, you mentioned Twitch. That is there is in show tipping essentially right you're tipping your 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 hosts if you're a, a viewer of twitch it's huge in the video game world it's just sort of starting to get traction in the sports world what what is next in the digital you know online sports media revolution well i, I mean what's crazy is we've figured out this summer that we can get thousands of people to watch zach play nfl blitz or madden <laughs> um streaming live and he's won back-to-back -back super bowls in madden 2000 and madden yeah, two, uh, i'm sorry blitz. blitz 2000 and blitz 2001 
which you get a lot of these young kids who have no idea why the graphics are so bad or why the players are so boxy, but uh, which is funny. But if you're playing on Blitzo, what what platform are you on? I was I played it on N64. Nice. So I, I streamed it, and it was really an idea because we were in a pandemic and. I couldn't talk about sports. So Blitz is my favorite game. I'm an N64. I'm 33. So that's like right in the, that's the honey hole of where, what I, where I love to be in. And uh, people enjoyed it. I mean, we had, we had like a hundred thousand plus streams of the first season of Blitz and even more than that. And then now I'm playing Madden, but for the Twitch world, it was really an idea. And, and look, there's no new good ideas. I, I'll be honest. I saw a big cat of Barstool Sports do it. And I was like, well, that's smart. How am I going to put my own spin on it? And I did Blitz instead of, you know, NCAA football 2014. Did you have the N64 or did you have to go find one? No, I, I had all the stuff. <laughs> that's the weird part of it. I have a Sega Genesis. So, so I was going to say, if you need someone to teach people how to score in NHL 94, let me know. <laughs> I can do that for you. But, but building, it's just another um, – so I always, when we sell the marketing, because this is a, it's a it's a marketing ploy for our advertisers, but also in every facet of the wheel, it gives something to the people that like A to Z sports and what we provide, whether you're a Titans fan or ball fan, SEC, Preds, whatever. And now the video game, we've just added uh, another piece of our wheel, which we have website, we've got social, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, you've got so many live show. We've got a podcast network. We try to hit them at all angles to give them because that's what the millennial mind wants. Because we you we have to hit you everywhere. For for those and, that for those that can't see him right now, he is using air quotes for the millennial mind. Yeah, you're yeah. the only non-millennial on this show right now, Steve. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> But that's hard. That, that was yeah. another strategy is because once I learned in uh, radio, it's, it, we kind of bet on this, but it was, uh, I think, a strategic bet. At the end of the day, advertisers in five years are going to be looking for everybody that we have. That, that's, that's a strategy. Everything, because it's hard to attain. Uh, another thing that I learned is that men 25 to 54, they have the disposable income traditionally. It's not in every household, but they've got the money to spend and their influence based on their buying pattern and their family's buying pattern, whether it's a car or whether it's you know a, a truck, new air conditioning unit, whatever it is. And so we're just and now they're they're getting lost because they're not watching TV because mm -hmm. you can't find them because they skip over the uh, ads with their DVR or radio. They turn off the commercials, so they're 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 getting lost but they're not like leaving. They're just going somewhere else. So that's, that's, we have kind of found a lot of them in a region and we kind of want to, as we expand, find them all over the country. You mentioned expansion. Uh, what was the thought process behind expanding into another market and why Dallas? If we can build a company off of the Tennessee Titans fan base, which is a great passionate fan base, but numbers wise, not very big when you're underrated about fan base, I would say. <laughs> yeah, right. But very still, underrated. Nice, <laughs> nice save. <laughs> yes. Oh, but overall numbers, like just because the Titans have been the Titans for 21 years, like that's that's not that long. There. Yeah. Um, so we thought, okay, we can we can do this with the NFL because the NFL is set up where there's zero off season. 
Uh, you can talk about the NFL in March and April and it's just as big as uh, October, November, and December because of how they set up their own schedule with the free agency, the draft, the combine, everything. So we figured the Cowboys obviously have the biggest uh, fan base out there in the NFL. Zach's got family ties to the Dallas area. Um, he follows the Cowboys kind of third, I guess, because technically the Bucks yeah. and the Titans are 1A, 1B because Zach is a Bucks fan for whatever reason. Uh, and then the Cowboys – uh, I, I think it, if it works here, it's going to work in Dallas and it's going to work in other NFL markets. And so right there uh, was just the, the first, that's why Dallas was the first one essentially. Yeah. And you, you take the leap to Dallas and, you know, risk, it's risk reward. Why not go big? Why not go with, and it will be easy to expedite the process. We've spent three and a half, four years learning on how to do it. We don't know everything by any means, but let's, Rinse and repeat, but let's make it easier on ourselves with a market that has a ton more people that, you know, this group of people in Nashville or this region or whatever we've created here in middle Tennessee, they like what we do. Let's try to do that again in another market, but just have, you know, a few more million people to, to pick from. Well, we only got a couple minutes here left, so we'll, we'll let you guys go. But if you had a message for, for young people, and I, I think one of the things that I admire the most about you guys is, is your work ethic. And the, the reason that that Tom Brady thing, that video happens is because you're in the right place at the right time. But that doesn't happen on accident. That happens on purpose. And it happens because you were there to, to, to capture it and take advantage of it. And uh, what message do you have for younger people that are trying to evolve into the, the digital space the way you guys did a couple years ago? Real quick on the Tom Brady video, which was when he ran out of the Titans weight room and he and Mike Grable went back and forth and it went everywhere. I stood in that spot for 20 minutes, like 20 minutes and did not move because I knew Tom Brady was going to come out of there uh, and I wanted to get something. And that was actually during Bill Belichick's press conference. So um, that's, that's, you know, that's kind of what you're talking about, right place, right time. Uh, but I, I think my message would be, because I went to journalism school at Tennessee, right? So I, I got a lot of training in, in broadcast, on radio, on TV, how to write for script, all this stuff. But I think one thing I would tell college kids is get a business degree, minor in business, something like that, because you're going to need it. Like you need more. You have to do it all in this industry. And if you know a little bit about business, then you'll do a lot better. Yeah, mine's simple. And I think it's you touched on it, Brady. Now we appreciate that. Work. Work harder than everybody. You'll, you'll yield the best result. Grind. Stay up. Wake up early. Take chances. Like, do all the, the life cliches because that's real. You, you're setting yourself up to be ready when the opportunity arises. And we've, we did that, and we took advantage of it, and the work's not done. we got a lot more work to, to do. But, I, you know, we've got big, big plans for what A to Z sports will become. And I'll be damned. We're going we're gonna to do it because we're going to grind to make sure that it happens. Austin and Zach, A to Z Sports. Thank you, fellas. We do appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Special thanks to Austin Stanley and Zach Bingham from A to Z Sports for hanging out with us here on Lamestream. And obviously a lot of fun talking to those guys, some young guys with a ton of energy and a lot of drive and a lot of – 
fresh new ideas, Steve, and so far so good for them. Uh, it's been a couple of years building it, but they've had some really nice breakthroughs, made made a good hire with Buck Rising, and uh, I, I think their their model is 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 the I don't want to say the wave of the future because that makes me sound old, Steve, but but it is certainly I don't, I don't want to break any news here, but you might be old. You're getting old. Yeah, I'm definitely getting old. I feel old. I am old. So uh, I'm not yet forty though. So one of the things that kind of popped out in the in the interview as we as we were talking, and, and I and I found this kind of watch, going back and watching their shows. My my nephew was in town over the weekend. He's thirty. We were we hung out. We played golf. We we watched you know Red Zone all afternoon and sitting there just hanging out. He and he and my wife and I. And their show it seems much more aligned with him than with me. I'm a Gen Xer. He's a millennial, and th- there are real differences in kind of like in in, cons- in consumption. I mean, he is more apt to watch a TV show on his phone. My eyes <laughs> have deteriorated to the point that I need readers, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but the there is the, there's going to be, I think, an age gap. I would kill to have like their demographic breakdown t- to see exactly who is watching these things because that that curve as it gets over, you know, over 35 has to just be completely flattening out or, or going down. But there's a huge audience there. And, and it's like you said, you had said, you know, at the top of this thing, they're building something that if they continue to build it is going to, you know, th- these people are going to get older. They're going to have more buying power. They're, they're going to have, a, they're going to have a successful show. And, and the entire universe is just going to continue to change. Although, I do believe that while while technology will always evolve, you know, again, are we going to have our phones and our sunglasses? You know, like, is it just going to be an earpiece? It's on our watch now. That kind of stuff will change, but it won't change that you will have something with you at all times that connects you to everyone else. Right. That, that is the force at play that's changed so dramatically over the last 15 years. I'm not sure how much further that can actually change. I am no tech expert. I'm sure there's people in Silicon Valley doing that stuff. One of the most important lessons from this show I would like people to take and I've, I've experienced this personally, is that being on camera, switching to video as a form of content changes the content fundamentally. It's why when you watch ESPN or any sports show that there are so many things going on on the screen, that the sets look like, you know, you're, you're in a UFO, you know, on SportsCenter now when it used to be just a desk, right? It, it's, it, there ha- there's a visual element that keeps you engaged that you have to be aware of as both a producer of that content and a consumer of that content. And I personally, the reason I love radio and podcasts is because I've tried the camera thing. <laughs> not not only do, does the camera love or hate certain people, I am one of the people that the camera hates in general. Um, you have to be so flamboyant to be good on camera. I was so distracted at all times on camera with the fact that I was on camera that I never felt like I delivered my best possible content to people. Now, that doesn't apply to everyone. It, that's just my story. Austin and Zach are clearly better on camera and are more comfortable there. Buck Rising is more comfortable in that setting. But as a user, you have to be aware that switching from audio to video, there's a fundamental change in what takes place with the content itself because you have to be aware of how it looks, not just how it sounds. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And it's funny that they were talking about uh, about doing uh, stand-ups and you know taking the show on the road for for to different places that's 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 a level of difficulty that is even makes it even harder because you can do all of this in sort of a contained setup the one of the most interesting things is that they will do this from literally anywhere 
I mean, they'll do it from their back from their back deck. They'll do it from uh, from inside a studio. They'll do it from a car dealership, and that's really really hard to do. It, it is in. The, the, uh, it does allow them a ton of marketing and promotional and advertising opportunities that are way more affordable for the advertiser themselves, for the company that wants to get their, their brand out there. And I think there's two forces at play with this. It's, it's, it's more affordable because you don't have to pay 36 different layers of people at a giant corporation or, or a bigger company. You, you go right to Austin and Zach and, and those, those guys on that team, and you've got a smaller group of people that don't, you're not going to spend as much money advertising with them. But you're also, and this is a belief that I have of, I'm okay charging higher CPMs, which is cost per thousand for those that don't know, because I think, and like Austin and Zach's product, the more connected and honest and authentic and communal the group of people is watching, I think the more effective the advertising becomes. And so if the if you're going to get more bang for your buck because the connection is there between you as an advertiser and the audience then it's okay to charge a little bit more, even though the total cost is actually less than if you went to a big media company. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Through that process, they then have to sort of hit you with all those advertisers a lot. And I, I've, talked to, I've talked to Buck about this before in the past, and I don't think I'm breaking new news. It's not I'm not their target demo. I don't... All the advertising stuff, all the things that they put up on the screen, like that's not my... Like I love listening to Austin and Zach and Bucks. When they get to their stuff, the meat of their content, they are great. The other stuff is not for me. It's for a younger audience on a different platform that I'm using. And so I'm not their person. And also, you may be old. Right. There's that that I don't want to talk about on, on this show and bring into this equation. Uh, no, I'm clearly middle-aged at this point. So there's no question about that. So that's the big lesson today is that there's a, a digital revolution taking place that everybody knows about. There is a generation aging into this digital revolution and that Austin and Zach and A to Z sports. And I think a lot of other companies that are going to, to see what they're doing in the blueprint and, and want to follow that in a place where the consumers end up being after these forces take place. Um, and so I think that's sort of one of the big lessons that, that in the fact that video can can actually change how you deliver content to people. So special thanks to Austin and Zach for hanging out with us, giving us a few minutes of their time. Uh, obviously, uh, A2ZSports.com is the website. Check them out on Twitter and Facebook and Twitch and Periscope. And I guess the point of this show is that they are everywhere. So go check them out. Uh, they work really, really hard, and uh, we do appreciate them giving us a few minutes of their time. Steve, you want to do some ratings and recs here Absolutely. on the show? Let's go. All right. Do you want to start with recs? Do you want to start with ratings? Let's start with ratings because I think this is going to be pretty quick. Breaking news, the NFL is still popular in Nashville. <laughs> so the number one show in Nashville as a sports product over the last week since we were on the air last. And this is all, of course, courtesy of Mark Benda at News Channel 5. Number one, and this, again, of note, the Titans did not play a game, of course, during right. this, this ratings period. NFL, Eagles and 49ers, an 11.6, 11 which is about, um, what, about 120,000 households. NFL, number two, Colts-Bears, 10.9. NFL, number three, Chiefs-Ravens, a 10.8. NFL, Browns-Cowboys, obviously a big brand there with the Cowboys, an 8.1. The NFL, Chargers and Bucks, which is Tommy, a uh, 7.6 rating there. So you're talking 70,000 households, 80,000 households, 100,000 households for five separate NFL games. And the thing to note with this is that Tennessee and Missouri pulled a 7.1 and did not crack the top five. Well, also, you, you can also see that 
the top rated NFL uh, game is half of what any Titans broadcast would be too. The, the last ratings book we had was was uh, Titans Vikings, and which was double that. It was and, a twenty three. Yeah, it was yeah. a twenty three. So people are really into the Titans whenever they may play again, uh, <laughs> and. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting as, as we get out of NFL season. And, you know, I think this is going to continue. Uh, it's going to continue this way. The, the Sunday night broadcast, clearly the biggest, uh, clearly the biggest thing. And I, I think I think I heard that Sunday night was getting something like nine hundred thousand per thirty second ads. That's those are th- those are Super Bowl numbers from fifteen years ago. I mean, yeah, th- that thing is just a. It, it's an absolute juggernaut. Yep, and I will be interested to see where Tennessee Georgia lands because it's moving from SEC Network at 11 a.m. to 2:30 and CBS. On top of the fact that they are two and zero and are playing a top five team and have more interest in their product now. Yeah, that's going to so. be a that, that's going to be a uh, just a monster kind of game. I, I if that game is close at all, I, I think you're going to see a spike in yep. in Tennessee enthusiasm for the rest of the season. Uh, you know, Vol fans are. I think wary <laughs> of, of of wanting to believe, and so but also desperate, also desperate. Yeah, and so it's a if, bad combination. <laughs> I mean, if, if Tennessee were to actually pull an upset, might not happen. But uh, if, if Tennessee were to actually pull an upset, I, I think you'd see just sort of this kind of like this massive bandwagon effect. Yes, I, I totally agree, and it's a lot of it is the the Vols fans who hate themselves, who who are waiting to come out of the woodwork. And then the other half is Vols fans that are just letting their freak flag fly. Right, <laughs> that are right. just, please, God, give us something to root for. Again, moving from cable to broadcast, 2-0 and instead of 1-0, and playing a top-five team instead of Missouri. Obviously, Tennessee-Missouri, a 7.1, did not crack the top five. I would assume that changes next week when we do this conversation. All right, recommendations. Steve Cavendish, what you got for everybody today? So if you have never fiddled around on Substack, it's a, it's a newsletter platform. There's a lot of really interesting kind of content being done there it's a place for individual publishers to individuals to become publishers of their own content and own it and sell it and that that, that's a whole other uh, conversation if you like if you want to hear really interesting discussion peter kafka who is the vox media media and business guy has done a couple of of really interesting podcasts with the substack guys but there's one called huddle up it's a it's a daily newsletter about sports and business and it's 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 really really good. It's not particularly deep. It's not going to go you know three thousand words into something, but like when it landed in my in my inbox here, we're taping this on a Thursday morning. They had a really good really good piece called the billion dollar shift in traditional sports media, and it's about basically ESPN's upcoming cuts, why they're going to happen, how they're going to happen. They're looking at you know three hundred to seven hundred people kind of across their platforms. And even though ESPN is becoming more and more ubiquitous, they and ESPN Plus is is getting even bigger. I mean, ESPN Plus has has ten million subscribers, but that's when you compare that to the the cable subs that they had at their peak, which was a hundred million, was about, yeah, ninety yeah, million or so, hundred million subscribers. That that's not a you're not just transferring those from from cable to to um to over the top. So it's really fascinating. There's almost always something in there. If you're a if you're a sports business nerd, then you'll absolutely love this thing. It's called Huddle Up. So Huddle Up is the newsletter on Substack. Yep. This the platform. Okay. So check that out. Uh, I'm going to give a little love. You heard me last week on the show talking food. I'm going to. This is sports and food combined, <laughs> which is very rare. But I also think that there is a wealth of talented media people in this city that not everybody really knows as as well as they should. 
And one of those writers, Jordan Ritter Kahn, who writes for The Ringer and has done so much interesting stuff in his career, is a Nashvilleian. He wrote a fantastic story about how the Titans won Nashville over during the playoff run last year for The Ringer. He's done a podcast about the Seattle Supersonics uh, and, and all that stuff. He's just a, a fascinating dude who sees things in a really creative way, an excellent writer. He did a great story on Liberty and Hugh Freeze. So he's a great sports writer that I think you should follow. So check him out at The Ringer. But he also wrote a book uh, about a restaurant that is located in Hendersonville called The Road to Raqqa, and it's a story of brotherhood, borders, and belonging. It is called Cafe Raqqa. Steve, you've been there, correct? Yeah, it, Cafe Raqqa is fantastic. So excellent. It's called a Mediterranean. He's kind of branded it as a Mediterranean restaurant. Uh, it, I have not gone to eat there yet. I cannot wait. But he is a Syrian refugee who traveled all over to try to find sort of where he belonged, and he settles in Middle Tennessee. And Jordan has written an entire book about this, goes to Syria and actually does all the legwork to tell this person's story from Syrian refugee to Middle Tennessee small business owner. And it is, as a sports reporter doing this story about an immigrant, telling a story of Middle Tennessee as well, he, he just does it beautifully, and I recommend the book to everybody. Follow him, follow his sports writing, but also check out the book Road to Raqqa as well. There's an excerpt that was in the Nashville scene uh, a couple months ago that you can that you can check out. But but the book is the book's fantastic. Jordan is truly one of the nice guys in uh, in media anywhere, but uh, but particularly here in Nashville, great guy. Absolutely. Anything else for the wonderful people here on Lamestream? I got nothing. All right. That's our ratings and recs for the week. Special thanks again to Austin Stanley, Zach Bingham of A to Z Sports. We got. Another big one planned for you next week, so stay tuned. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me at Braden Gall. My name is Steve Cavendish. You can follow me at Scavendish on Twitter. And what do people need to do? Rate, review, subscribe, and smash the subscribe button. All right. Quota hit for the day. Everybody enjoy the weekend. Thanks for listening. This has been Lamestream Sports here on the 440 Sports Network.